Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice in My Mind. We are well into 2022, and hopefully all of you have stayed um, safe and stayed well. We all know that um, right now we're we're battling the virus yet again as we enter our 25th month of 2020, or as I call it, 2020 part three. Um, <laughs> I haven't found like, you know, like the what you put as like the name of it after the colon, you know, 2020 yeah. part yeah, yeah. three, you know, yeah. I have 2020 used... COVID strikes back or something, you right. know, it's something, something dark side. Yeah. Uh, I have used that so many times, Brad, I told you that, and I just used it in a group on zoom uh, just a few days ago and everyone burst out laughing. I, uh, it, I try to credit you when I can, but that, that no, resonates, my... it resonates yeah. with people. It really yeah, it does because because of you know everything that's going on, and I and that was really a, a small. We've been wanting to do this podcast for a long time, and yeah. it was a small piece to the puzzle as to us saying, okay, it's time. We have some time at home. We're all kind of shut in a little bit. We started last year, so we thought things were getting better at the time, but um, hopefully they will. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are plugging along. We are um, really driving toward episode forty-six which we think will hit our stride. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what that means, then you really need to keep up with movies. But And, it, and it's, not, it's not much of a joke because when episode 45 drops, the podcast will turn to the day one year old. So we're going to talk a lot more about that on 46. Yep. So yep. 46 will be kind of a retrospective. But yeah, big butt here. stay with us to the end, um, to the GM's Corner. Because we have, um, I don't want to say like a big announcement, but we have a, I, I, it's for lack of a better term, it's a it's, big announcement. It's and, a fundamental change to how we're going to run this podcast. Yeah, and and it's not going to mean you're not going to listen anymore, the four of you that listen. We, we still and thank you for listen. that. Yeah. So our friend Eric posted, hi Eric, our friend Eric posted the, or the other day that um, he was listening in the car and wanting to yell at us on the recording. So like we've always said, what you're listening to is kind of the way we... We yep. talk normally, um, yep. and our friends are, are reinforcing it. Eric is one of our dearest friends, been around. Jason, yep. you knew him before I did, but I've known him for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Today, so Today. yes, so hang around. Today is hang the Hang around to the end. Today, we're going to talk about the Expanded Player's Guide for Genesis. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. And this is one of those books where, um, you know, I had to do a little bit of convincing not a much for you to take yeah, a look you, at. Actually, it. no, you, you, you did a lot of convincing. I, I don't know why in retrospect, I wasn't. Well, that's a I, good, I know. that's a good segue because we're going to focus on a couple areas of the book just because yeah. this is really, um, we're centering on the material in this and how it's helping us kind of create our Star Trek Genesis yep. um, game. Mm-hmm. So, Jason, there was some areas or an area of the book, I think there's a couple areas, um, that really caught your attention. Yeah, there were. That really there was are. the onus for you to say, okay, I'll take a look at it. And you're like, okay, done. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, so a little a little more background if you, uh, especially if you are newer to the podcast. 
we we talk about Genesis. I I don't know, Brad. I, I fairly regularly, but intermittently, we're yeah. both big fans of the narrative dice system. Clearly, yep. uh, we've we're fans of the Genesis core rule book. Just we just think it's gorgeous, and and yeah, like you said, I finally bit the bullet and bought this expanded guide, uh, technically the Genesis Expanded Players Guide, which came out in 19. So, I mean, I bought it at the end of 21. It was already out for a couple of years. And you're right. Uh, what we'll talk about in just a moment here, some of the tables, seeing the information, just, I mean, I just geeked out. I just thought this is so fascinating. Um, the the core, oh, go ahead. I was, no, I was just I was just hitching, but I was going to say, uh, forewarning to everyone, you will hear some page turning during the episode. Yeah, I was going to say, we, I have my know. book open, but yeah, you're going to hear yeah. some page turning intentionally, because yeah. this is sort of, this this is going to be an, a bit of an ersatz review of the book. We're not trying to go through a point by point. You can get that elsewhere and get it better. That's not what we do on Dice and Mind. But w- every once in a while, we come across a book, or especially an RPG guide or source book, that we become really enamored with and we want to share why that is. And this is one of them. So, sir, you asked me, what is it that really grabbed me? So in part one, new settings, uh, pages specifically, for those of you reading along at home, pages 43 to 52, table 141 to table 1410. I just want to read you the table titles. Because these, this is what got me going. Uh, table one in this chapter, table one for one, um, common tropes, right? Like gods, knights, monsters, new frontier, post-apocalyptic, robots, steampunk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the next one, technology levels. Now this, this was the table, right? It's Stone Age all the way to Quantum Age followed by Psychic Awakening. The the amount of thinking and reading that went behind this creation blows my mind. World structure, planetary climate, uh, planetary environment, population, other inhabitants and oddities, uh, and then religions and cosmologies and governments, and then factions and organizations. I, I, As you know, Brad, I saw these, and I read these tables like very carefully, and they really got me thinking. It, it's it's funny, because when I, when I, the Genesis book, like you said, outstanding. Um, yeah. I would, I would almost consider it, you know, because there isn't really a DM guide for Genesis. It's all right. in one book. Right. Um, I'd almost, I, you have to call it a player's guide just because of the marketability of it. But um, you could call it the game handbook. And this would be the expanded. Yeah. It's really yeah. beyond just players. I mean, is this, this is, is a GM guide, pure and simple. This is a GM guide, yeah. and it's a world building. It's a very, very well done world building guide. And the, the technology levels, if you're doing some random generation, it gives you D100 capabilities yeah, as to how to so roll. clever. And the other part of this that caught my attention that I think was one of the things I talked to you about was um, the idea in this book where we can look at vehicles. Yeah. And ships. And that just hit that Star Trek spot. Yeah. Um, because you and I had been talking. There was plenty mm-hmm. of material 
obviously we can use, I mean, like I said, you and I are doing this just to try the narrative system yeah. within a realm that we love. Modiphius's product is phenomenal, yeah. but we can leverage some of that to, and just kind of merge it into yeah. a narrative system. And, but the book, I know you did. I know once you started looking at the book, the material that you started, um, I couldn't help myself. I, I had yeah. just gone on to winter break and yeah. I was going to just totally take it easy. And so naturally, because I was looking at this one day, I'm like, oh, we we can stat some stuff out. Because like we already like it wasn't that difficult to design a PC, a character sheet for our Star Trek port to Genesis. Yeah. Right. And and then it wasn't difficult to adapt a vehicle slash starship sheet. But then like you and I started talking about, OK, well, how the heck do we stat starships, shuttles, uh, like phasers, disruptors, yeah. just all the ship and equipment stuff. And, you know, you had finally convinced me to get this this guide and then break hit. And I'm like, Oh, we we can do this fairly straightforward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I you know not to I just I'll say on the side again that that the Genesis both guides the the player's handbook and the expanded player's guide um, with those two books um, you can create any narrative dice world you want. They have oh yeah they have some out there already that you can pre-do. The first we're not going to get into it because we have a different focus. The first. You know, really the part one, they talk about three um, different environments or three mm -hmm. different worlds to play within already mm -hmm. that they've built independent of Android and Terranoth and the other books that they've come right. out with. Um, but this book filled gaps that we, I, I didn't necessarily even see. So That was the thing. Flipping through this the first couple of times, because we've been through this how many, you know, on our own, I mean. Yeah. So many times flipping through it the first couple of times, it was like, oh, this is neat. And, um, you know, in terms of a product, a printed book, I think, whereas the core rule book for Genesis is really beautiful, beautifully typeset, laid out, printed, all of this stuff. We, you, you guys know we're fans of them in that regard. I think they upped it a notch for the expanded player's guide. It's oh, yeah. even a cleaner layout. And so, you know, you're, I say this because, you know, I'm flipping through it a couple times, impressed by the layout. It's easy to navigate, lovely sketches and drawings, et cetera, et cetera. But then when you start to slow down and dip in, it's like you're saying, Brad, it's like there's, you realize there is so much information because it is a thin guide. It's, I was just looking, it's a little over 110 pages. So. Which is a thin source book. That's a that's a thin mm -hmm. source book for any system we've talked about. Yeah, you know, but it packs so, a big punch. Yeah, and and let's be honest, the Edge Studio now has yep. is is very experienced now. Yeah, with developing source books, especially if you go and look in um, the Star Wars role play. I mean, oh, they've, they've oh. one or two. Yeah, the right. for the for the collector yeah. in you. Um, which which isn't in me. <laughs> yeah, I know. The collector and you, the listener. Yeah. Um, don't say a word. Nope. Because um, I don't. I, I only have a couple, and one of them came from you. Um, you could. I mean, there's there's so many different dive. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of D and D three five in many ways. Right. Right. So it. What's nice with with Genesis is that they've given you the information to make create in effect your own guides. 
And yes. Um, so from my perspective, even on if you're if you happen to have the book or you get the book, yeah. um, what I what caught my eye the first time I looked through it was page. 59 which ah, which is the, I'm there which, right now. Yeah, which yep. is about vehicle creation and it has kind of a the ship that's the anim, the animation that they put on the page has kind of a Star Trekky type of feel to I it mean, to it's, me. I mean it's it's steampunk but it's so beautiful. Yeah. You want to and you know, it's like it's clear they knew they were going to write this book because this is one of the few topics simply missing from the core rule book vehicle creation yeah right but then like reading through this because right i i because i did just like you did um so that we could use this for ourselves for our star trek port reading through this chapter chapter one vehicle creation wow i mean they they make everything so clear it's like what like what is this silhouette um, maximum speed and handling, occupants, encumbrance, capacity, consumables, defense, armor, hull, etc. Weapons. And, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And and they kind of give you a rationale for things. And so, like like when we were able to apply this then to various ships we might see from Star Trek, it was like, oh, this is this is like I had done that. And then we then I read this and it's like, oh, I've got to make all kinds of changes because they've provided parameters. Yes. And like and like, yeah, I mean, thanks to this book, like we technically have a we have a uh, well, it's not beta. We have like an alpha test ready outline of yeah. our game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like, like like you said, this is based off of an existing game system. Yep. We are leveraging this is for our own edification because we can play um we can play Star Trek in a 2D20 environment, which I which I like. Now we want to try Star Trek and see how it works within a narrative environment because much like Star oh. Wars really fits a narrative environment. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this before. Star Trek in a narrative environment is <sighs> just absolutely just thinking about it is enthralling to me. It, it yes, um, you, yeah, perfect. Okay, so you get off for just a sec here, because yeah. I mean, because it's Trek. Because right now, as we're recording, Discovery season four is in full swing, and it is, yeah. it is by far the best they've done. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy is out, and hey, it was Prodigy, but it's fun, and I really do legitimately enjoy watching it. Uh, Picard. Yeah. Uh, well, as 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 we're recording this, uh, Picard production just had a scare with Omicron, um, but I think they're on season three, producing right now or filming. So it's never going to come out in February. Never going to come out next month like it's supposed to. But it might come out say April or May. So and then you know, Strange New Worlds is is you know just around the planetary rim. So. There's so much coming out. Yeah, I, I seriously want to geek out with our system with Star Trek narrative because I finally hooked you on the notion of of playing on the frontier in Star Trek. It took me 30 years to get there. I finally got you. There. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. It did. And and this was our we had a previous discussion about this. And yeah. And it was literally where as we talked about it out loud, I kind of laughed at the idea that. I just didn't bother to critically think this through at the time. Um, playing within canon or playing on the edge of canon, you know, yeah, right. we don't we don't play whether we are playing in Star Wars or even in D and D with some of the um, 
the environments and all that. We mm-hmm. we don't we have this thing about not messing with the printed material, the visual yeah. material, all the sanctioned material. Yeah. Yeah. We like to hover on the edge. We can we can obviously we use it, you right. know, if we're playing Star Trek, we can know about the Titan. Yeah. And know about the Cerritos. See, I've been watching. Yeah, and, you've been binging, my friend. Yeah, I have. And it's a beautiful thing. It is. Yeah. Um, but we aren't playing on those ships. We aren't necessarily having right. to interact right. with those characters yep. because it's it's. I don't I don't want to disparage anyone, but for mm-hmm. us alone, mm-hmm. it's narrowing. We there's so much out there, and yeah, that's right. what right. that's what drives our creativity. You know, and I it's, I think if 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 you'll allow me to go here for a sec because i think it makes sense given we're talking about the expanded players guide for genesis i think star wars you and i have talked about this offline for a long long time and i continue to think about this but star wars and dnd and other i think they much more lend themselves to being open worlds yep okay star trek in part, I think historically, historically didn't because everything was through the lens of Starfleet, which I loved and love. And then also because, I mean, look, Star Trek, like Star Trek is my future. Like when I think of the future, I often, there's an element of Star Trek in there. I can't help it. It's yeah. both a, a gift and a curse. And so to me, Star Trek is, okay, so so I haven't said much about this and I don't think I've said this to you, Brad, but, um, and I'm not gonna say much because uh, because everything's up in the air, but um, we I think we mentioned this maybe in the past. So a, a colleague and I are working on a book that uses Star Trek. Uh, it's a nonfiction, but it uses Star Trek. And we'll see where it goes, but um, we don't have a deal yet. Fingers crossed as we record this. But um, one of the comments we got in feedback as we've been working with an editor and a publisher was, you know, we want you to be careful to write in a way that reminds the reader that these are just characters and not real people. Oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. And so I think I I bring this up because I think for me, um, because of how Star Trek has always been written, sorry, up until the past couple of years, because of how Star Trek has been written historically and because of what it's meant to me personally, uh, it always felt like, I never felt like I had the right to dance with canon. Right, like you said, to 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 work on the edge of canon, yeah. um, and now I do, and I think that shows like discovery, yes, but really shows like Picard and lower decks yes. are blowing. I, I was gonna say blowing canon open. That's not right. They are showing us how the galaxy and Star Trek is as wonderfully open and diverse and unknown as in Star Wars because the ethos has changed a bit. And I just wasn't ready to go there up until a few years ago. And now I'm there big time. And I think a book like the expanded player's guide couldn't be better timed. Well, it's just, we'll get back to that. It was just, it's funny you bring that up because no, 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 but, but it's funny you bring that up because again, I, I've known, I've known for a while that you and you and your colleague have been working on the book and, 
but I didn't know about that comment, but I can imagine <laughs> when you're writing, you can either say, well, the Picard character, bah, 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 bah. Or you could say, well, Captain Picard, blah, 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 blah. And there's a very distinct difference. And there's a difference. Yeah. yeah. But we've we've been, you know, when we talk about Trek, when we talk about starship building and all that, like we're doing in the Expanded Players Guide, Mm -hmm. we talk about it as actuals. Yes. Rather than theoreticals or rather than fictionals. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know. Now you have me right in the middle of the episode, darn you! Um, now you have me thinking about how I'm gonna, how I, how I iterate these characters. Not, yeah. I'm, not that I'm gonna change, mm-hmm. but this idea of writing them as actual people, right? Versus, you know, characters developed by other people. Because that's the goal when creating a PC, is it not to yeah. to write them? As actual people, like I know you have thought a ton on backstory for several of your NPCs. Well, when we had Shelly right? on, mm-hmm. when we had Shelly on our episode, yeah. we she talked Shelley about... Shelly Mazenoble, right? Dragon Talk. Dragon author. Talk. Sorry, mm-hmm. Shelly. Um, I didn't introduce you properly, and that's my fault. But I think everyone knows you. Yeah, um, You know... Shelly talked about creating characters that were not necessarily aligned with herself. She's playing yes, right. out of character. Mm-hmm. We've talked many times about you playing out of character rather than being a cerebral magic user or something like that. You you are a in effect for all intents and purposes now, especially with the after the latest episode when you're you're really getting close to leveling. Yeah. You're going to be a true yeah. tank. Yeah. Um, you know, so which is awesome. Yeah, but okay, okay it, I got, I've got to, I got to give you a real. This just happened yesterday. Okay, and I haven't shared. This is exact. This is perfect example. I was, I was, uh, I was chatting. I was, I was on Zoom, you know, because right now it's just not safe to get together. I was on Zoom catching up with a friend, uh, friend slash colleague, um, you know, slash slash whatever, uh, uh, co PI, and we were talking. We were, we were talking. His, he's, he's got two kids. I got two kids. You've got a couple kids, and uh, but, but his older child his daughter is um just like 17 or 18 i don't remember and um i she's really i've never i i I met her once in passing but she's really my friend john was telling me how she's really into dmd and he mentioned that we have a podcast and this blew me away she she listened to at least part of the first episode because she says to her, my, so my friend is text, John is texting me this yesterday. Yeah. And I didn't tell you this yet. Cause I knew I was gonna say he, he, his daughter must've listened enough because we were talking about our characters in D and D. So this is all the way at the yeah. beginning. And, and so John says to me on texts, I thought your friend was just some quiet professor guy but he plays a chaotic neutral character. Whoa. <laughs> See? See, but and that's, that's exactly but what you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. you put in, I mean, you even put in and, and and there's a joke, there's a there's a humor to this, but there's also, you know, you always joke and say that um, you know, when you hear your character talk, sounds he like has Alan Rickman. A real, sounds like Alan Rickman. Yeah. Um, you know, when you go out and look on Twitter. Um, for all of you creatives out there, um, just 
phenomenal illustration and designs and and, oh, man. and drawings of their characters. Oh. And I am I am envious in many ways that I don't have that skill set to do it. Yeah. For many, and obviously these are these are characters that live with you for a while and then you move to another character in another realm and another game. But um you know, for someone who's been playing a while, I mean, here here's an example. Yeah. I never played Star Wars with you and our friend Scott, who was no. one of the game masters of all game masters. Yeah. So I remember I remember your character's name was Monzaket. There it is. He was because, my Jedi. Because yeah, because yeah. the way you had talked about him, he was a person and I just I just he was in effect an extension of the group. I and, felt so guilty one game because he inadvertently and, killed a bystander. And I'm like, and and Scott GM'd it so beautifully. I'm like, oh my god, what did I do? <laughs> well see, and that's what that's what you and I are doing with Star Trek, and that's really what yeah. this the the, the original it Genesis died. guide is yeah great the expanded guide has given us the ability now for us i mean you you take it even a step further than me we are both fans to starship design oh yeah um, yeah you know and in in you're you're even a, a a bigger connoisseur of that than me but i am a huge fan it was one of the first things when this is going to give away um the end of picard but when Riker and the fleet uh, warped oh, in on the inquiry class. Oh my God. Yes. On the Jean and, and I, yeah. And I said to you, I said to you, cause that was a fundamental shift for me because these were yeah. all like almost warships. What was the first thing? It wasn't that Riker was back. It wasn't that right, Riker right. was ready to kick someone's caboose. It was, right. wow, they have a lot of that same class of ship. What is yeah. what is going on with Starfleet? Because yep. because you and I are are you know I still watch you know I'm binging DS9 again as I yeah so do cool once a year. yeah and seeing all the different ships and um all the design the ability for us to start to think about that and think about these existing classes yep. I think we have a very slippery slope that um we could we could use this this material and vehicle creation yeah, right. and create every potential different class of starship yeah, yeah. we wanted. We could get caught in that. Hole. And, you know, shout yep. out, shout out right now on that note to Eagle Moss, because I mean, the, the Simon and Schuster books historically, I mean, they'll, you know, those were essentially canon. It's not, if not gospel, right. That's where, like, I look over at my shelf and I've got two iterations of the Star Trek encyclopedia because they've, because that was the only place you could go to get any of the quote unquote new, we're talking nineties here, quote unquote new yeah. Trek shows you could to get the ships, anything about them, the layouts, like, like the Akira class, which is now not new, hasn't been for decades, but when it came out, it's like, Whoa, fundamental change in ship design. But now thanks yeah. to Eagle Moss, I mean, there's so much available for us to geek out. And then, like you said, using the expanded player's guide to stat that. Okay, switch switch gears for just a sec, because I'm on page 39, chapter yeah. four, skills and talents. Another thing I, I appreciate about this guide and I found really helpful while we were working on our uh, character sheet for our Star Trek 
port, which by the way, if we haven't said it before, we're calling Star Trek Frontiers. Yep. Um, that should surprise no one. But I like that they have everything here. Um, and you know, I it, it, all of the all of the skills, and they specify to an extent with setting and then and then we uh, you know you and i have not looked at talents at all which are no. the genesis version of DD feats and yep. and and we need to that would be a good thing to geek out because we don't have talents yet but just the fact that on the same page they have these um and then they have instructions for how to create additional skills additional talents like for us we we add under knowledge skills we have, and we take this, you know, thank you, Modiphius. Uh, yeah. We have command, operations, and science, right? We, we, and, and the beautiful thing about this guide is that it's so easy well, to use it as it was written. Yeah, and, and I mean, they have a tiered, like you said, we haven't really gone down the talent street, but I think no. Star Trek leans in that direction. You know, I think I look back on the episode, who's the character in Lower Decks who um, is the half bionic? Um, oh, I cannot so, remember. Oh, my God. I, I can't believe I just lost it. I, I must be tired. Um, oh, my God. That's terrible. He was he was um, a very good engineer, but he was trying to spend Rutherford. more time with the friends. Rutherford, Rutherford, thank you, sir. Rutherford transferred yeah. to command class, that was, transferred that was to great... operations. I think I'm going to yeah. leave. Yay, you found your code. <laughs> so, yes. Trent. You know what? Okay, so, so here, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this public right now. When we start to work on talents, not trees, but talents. Uh, oh, now I really want to do this. I want us to have a talent called Mr. Tricorder. Okay. I don't, don't care what it does. <laughs> You know, you know the scene I'm talking about. Yes, yes. Um, Let's keep it rated G. But I can imagine we could no, go down. Well, no, no. I mean, because Mister No, it was with Data, right? Yeah. And Data's integrating his new his new da, chip and Mister Tricorder. Da, 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 da. And to this day, every time I take out my wallet and there's anyone around at home, I just flap it open like Mister Tricorder and my poor family. There was a song. There was a song that he did with it. Life forms. Yes, thank you. Life forms. That's the ending. <laughs> that's the ending. I'm gonna have to go watch Generations one of these days now. Um, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> and we are not even off the rails, and it's just funny to remember that I forgot about that. Just good scenes. Okay, yeah, the Mr. Yeah. Tricorder. No, I mean it, but that that's has why to be, we have to have a. That has to be a derivative of. Of humor and science, of some form or something, another. something, yes, like, or yeah. Android related. But but before we jump into over the GM side, the other yeah. thing we we won't have time to get to, and I'm just leaving it open for future discussion, is within um, part two that chapter two is about adversary creation. Yeah, and here's what's interesting is you know like like my small collection of Modiphius books, <laughs> I have the um, I have the the Klingon guide, Klingon. Yeah, which guide. is man, so interesting. So interesting, and you can see their growth as an organization, as yeah. Modiphius, as they yeah. continue to iterate. I'm ready for them to release the the Romulan guide, cough, cough. Well, yeah, because um, I mean, you are Y in Q4. They made a profit. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and and maybe in the future you'll hear us talk to someone about this, but yeah, we'll more on that, that later. A little bit. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he, here's something that I'm going to leave out for us. Early on in TNG lore, they originally were going to make the Ferengi the main adversary That's right. of the Federation yep. and the Enterprise. Now the Ferengi have, if you look at the end of DS9, you have Nog in in Starfleet. Yep. If you look at Discovery, without giving anything away, you see you all sorts the, of different you characters. You have the USS Nog. Yes. Yeah. And you have Ferengi that you will see yep. amongst wearing yep. Starfleet uniforms. Yep. So... They're an adversary, and they're mm. also a PC. Yeah. So yeah. when we go to do this design, Klingon, Romulan, mm. you know, Ferengi, Borg, synth, you know, all, synth, yeah, all these different, all these different Dominion, Jem Hadar, Founder, yep, yep. Um, they are both adversaries. They both, and they also can be PCs. Yes. So we have to look at how we are going to be able to design both, because obviously they're going to be adversaries, but if someone wanted to play a wharf like Klingon in you know in Starfleet, in theory. I you protest. Could do that. I am not a merry man. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> but but you know, okay. But <laughs> um, you know, we have to look at this when we get to talking about adversaries. Mm-hmm. We have to design adversaries as, and along with yeah. along with rules and such for yeah. those those type of PCs. And I think I think you addressing this is really really topical, really prescient because we we see this well, like, like we we talked about this actually specifically with Shelley Mazzanoble, but because because we see this, I think, with D&D, with Wizards of the Coast being the trailblazers here. But this whole notion of adversaries being often inherently, by definition, specific species yeah. is going by the wayside. And, and it's 2022 people, right? We're more enlightened, hopefully now. And it's exactly what you said, Brad, that that you can have a PC or an adversary with, with same species, same traits, et cetera. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's be honest, we're talking about this because you go back to 1980s, you go back to the 60s yep. when they developed the Klingons. Yeah. Be a different looking Klingons, but yeah. Klingons. but then they retconned the heck out of that. Yeah, they did. Thanks yeah, to D- did. thanks to DS Nine, um, but actually thanks to Enterprise. I was just going to say, actually thanks to yeah. Enterprise. Yeah, believe it or not, I just saw that courtesy of Paramount Plus live streams. Um, but yeah, oh wow, there's a Star so, Trek channel. I know. I watched yeah. that. Thank you. I know. For, thank you for telling me that. That was just a bad idea. I I, I love that so much. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah. But 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 ultimately, whether it's Star Trek or like you said, we talked about this with Shelley and with with D and D. You can look at this with with any game, even Star Wars. You have Jedi and Dark Side, who can be the same species. Mm-hmm. You are going. You know, let's look at the Klingons um, during the TNG and DS9 era. They were uh, friends, then foes, then friends again. Right. Um, yeah. 
you know. Sounds so, like a junior high relationship. Exactly. You know, you have, even at the end of, you have, um, at the end of DS9, and I keep going to this, you have Odo going back to his people. Right. To heal them. So now are the the founders will always obviously be, just from personal opinion, be a little bit hesitant when it comes to solids. But what are they now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we write uh, it, if someone wanted to play a founder would we want to allow it right. and two right. how do we characterize them and so, then it, I mean, it brings us back to the guide right because yeah. it it gives us tools literally a toolbox oh, yeah. where we can at least think our way through how to do this cuz it's so I mean I'm I'm just flipping through here Right, quickly constructing an adversary, and I should say it was something to remind everybody is because I'm looking at page 75 that in the Genesis system, adversaries are either minion, rival, or nemesis. Right, minion is stormtrooper. Right, that's always the pew pew. Right, yeah. you and 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 the and the mechanics are right. You you roll for the group of them. They are minions. Um, yes. But then, it, but we're talking about like rivals and especially nemeses, where where you're talking truly individual NPCs who you can have a lot of a lot of fun with, or or alternatively, like we're we're planning on doing an R D and D game together, Brad, like sidekicks, right? And yes. I mean D and D has some D and D has some great rules for that, um, but I think the guide is a is a reminder that you can really wax on as much as you want with this stuff yeah and and i think just going back to this before we before we head over is yeah. um star trek D and all that just to kind of summarize what you said um adversaries don't have to be species no adversaries can be characters i think we would argue they should not be they should not be you know um you know it just it that okay, okay, not only okay. not only is that the way we're going culturally it just yeah. to me i think we've talked about this in the past it just never made a lot of sense that a whole species would think the same way almost in, uh, in the way of automatons yeah. against another that's you always know? been it a just... challenge of television and movies right um yeah but but well I, I mean like let's go let's let's go to star wars for a moment here before we wrap up i mean someone from dathomir can still be a hugger Right. Yeah. Just watch out for the horns. Right. Yeah. Um, on that note, I think an example of precisely what you're saying. Now, spoiler alert. I'm being serious, everybody. Spoiler alert. We're going to slip into the Book of Boba Fett. So if you haven't seen the first couple episodes, look away. Yeah. Come back in five minutes. Yeah. It, okay. Now that the spoiler alert is there, let's look at uh, the first couple episodes and more. Look at what we see with the sand people. Now we know that there are different tribes and thus cultures. And instead of them all being this monolith, which is exactly what you're saying, my friend, now we yep. see Boba Fett uh, learn being captured by them and then learning to respect and even help them. And, uh, you know, not to the writers, big not to the writers, ending episode two. I guess I should call it chapter two because it's the book of Boba Fett, but ending chapter two yep. with what is clearly a respectful nod to Tamura Morrison's Maori heritage with the 
with the sand people dance around the fire. It's like, look at all of the different personalities and tribes and cultures. And so, yeah, we are seeing that. And we're seeing it just like with D&D, you can now play goblins as a PC, right? Uh, Pathfinder actually got there first. I no, 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 sorry. I would, they didn't. I was going to say, I thought you could play a space goblin, but I think that's strictly NPC. So never mind. I take that back. No, but you, you, that's it. I know we've gotten a little off track from the expanded players guide, but I think this all goes into yeah. the idea of world building. And and I think don't, you know, if there's one thing that I would say coming out of this is don't look at it as just a an expanded guide on how to play a character. It is not. That would be... It is not, and it would be, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if yep. you are a fan of the narrative dice system Excellent. to not seriously look at it. And I'm not trying to sell it. No, no one at Edge is, no one at Edge is even know we're talking about this. Um, you know, it, it, you'd do yourself a disservice if you didn't take a serious look at this. If you're trying to it's use great. Genesis, even if you wanted to use, uh, Star Wars gives you material, but this gives yeah. you material you could apply there. Well, that's the and look at what we're applying Genesis. with Star Trek. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. If you're playing, uh, if you're playing Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, uh, Force I, and Destiny. Force and Destiny. I never remember Force. Force and Destiny. Thank you. Um, this is so useful. You you do need the core rulebook. Yep. You definitely need it. But but this is not one of those cases where it's eighty percent overlap. None of this material is no. in the core rulebook. This is. This is truly, truly a supplement worth having. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And kudos kudos to Edge for for taking what was FFG and now the, the folks that have moved to Edge yeah. for taking that Star Wars yep. system we and are... generalizing it and creating a toolkit for us to apply yeah. anywhere. We are very, so... very much looking forward to what edge does with the system not to mention with star wars rpg uh now that they hold the license we know from what we've read like the rest of you that they are focused on re-releasing the i don't want to say classics that's the wrong word but re-releasing the most popular most sought after rule books and source books but we are really yes. hoping uh, if anyone at edge is listening um please take our money we are really curious to see what you come out with for Genesis and Star Wars specifically that is new. You know, looking at what, what they're doing with um, uh, Twilight Imperium, I want to say it's Rokugan. I don't, I don't follow those. Um, but looking at the other games, it's really impressive. Yeah. We're just waiting. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's so much. I mean, it, it's funny how I look at Edge... I look at Modiphius especially just because um, I did a little bit of um, Black Friday wallet destruct destruction uh, with <laughs> with Modiphius. Yes. Um, but um, you know it. There's just and I've talked about Torchbearer and yeah. Burning Wheel. Um, yep. And we'll eventually get so there. much out there. Yeah, there's so much out there, and um, so much to talk about, and so let's. Let me pause there yeah, and yeah. jump us over to the GM corner because I'll let Good you. Good call. In, in, yeah, in terms of us talking about role playing yep. Yep. and talking about games, yep. um, 
we have some news about this. We've, yes. we've, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Jason, because Jason, you can be much more eloquent than me talking about this. To, to but this quote, is, this is huge. This is a big one for us. To, to quote yeah. Doctor Watson, uh, speaking about Sherlock Holmes when he turns around on his plane. I'm talking about the BBC version that came out several years ago, not the original with with Basil Rathbone. Those, those, those were great. Um, there's an east wind coming. Except in our case, it's better. It's, it's positive. Uh, yeah. Brad and I, as we are getting deeply into the, the production and the fun of this podcast, uh, we, we're going to, we think it's time for it to evolve and take the next step. Um, it's, it's been a lot of us talking and waxing apoetic about these topics with just a few interviews. And we're really pleased with the interviews we've had. We've had friends and we've had creatives and we, we've, we've really appreciated that. Um, you know, speaking with Shelly Mazanoble will always be a high point because she is just such a great person. Uh, and, and she had so much to say. And man, if you're listening, um, we, we want to have you back before long. And she was gracious enough to be our really our first um, creative from really out there. We had some yeah. other interviews, but yeah. um, for her but, to take yeah. the time with us was outstanding. Yeah. From one of the major, from one of the major houses too. And yeah. so on that note, as Brad kind of teed off here, now we're not going to say much, but this is our tease. This is episode thirty-four, starting with episode thirty-five. We're changing our format a bit. And here's what we mean by that. Uh, what we do, right, looking through the lens of RPGs at real life and vice versa, right, geeking out as some middle-aged professionals and, and fathers and, and nerds, that's all. That's our fabric. That's our core. We're never leaving that. But instead of spending as much time just us talking, we've had so much fun with interviews. And people, and I mean plural, people have been so gracious with their time. Starting next week, everybody, we're going to have a blitz of five weeks in a row of interviews, and we're going to move toward that format. No promises, but right now we're setting it up and we're on schedule to have a blitz of five weeks of interviews, a week of us in between, five weeks of interviews, a week of us in between and so on. So we're we're looking to continue that. People are being very gracious with their time. And man, oh man, we're not going to give anything away. But you would not believe some of the people lined up in the next two to three months. I I was I've truly been um, I don't uh, surprise is the right word because I, I just unbelievably thankful. Yeah. That yeah we have had the opportunity to talk with the people we've already talked with. Yep. Shelly, Jeff Ashworth, Tim Woods, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, And now some of the folks that have agreed and come on to the show and talked with us Mm -hmm. um, already. Now, as Jason has said, we record ahead um, just to make sure. And now we're going to have some folks that we've, that we've, that we I have interviewed and are interviewing that um, make yep. a dent in the RPG universe. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Another, you know, that's a good and way to so, say it. And so, again, we, you know, we're not we're not a million listener podcast. So 
we joke we joke about listenership but we're not we're not gigantic and we know that but we love doing this and we've been able to get some folks on who are going to bring really interesting perspectives and i want to say this is that um jason and i like you said we're both middle-aged white guys um we both have daughters i have a son we are watching our children grow up in obviously a very different world than yep. what we grew up in. Yep. And so we have tried to make sure that um, who we interview broadens the perspective of our listeners. Right. And in the back of our head, I mean, Jason, I'm going to I'm gonna speak for you. We look at this from the perspective of who, what creatives and who do we want that we think are changing Yes. The paradigm of gaming and yes. such Beautiful. that we think would be important for our kids yeah. to listen to and and extend yeah. and, and exude our values. I what I want to make sure of for those of you who are out there, and we could probably have put this earlier on in the podcast, is that we are two middle aged white guys, but we are really trying hard to to focus on equality include you know inc mm -hmm. i can't say the word being inclusive wow yes i'm sorry but but we want the opinions outside of our own that's really one of the one of the reasons we started this we we want to talk to people who represent the world we live in and as importantly if not more so who represent the world we want to live in yes and um and much like brad has said the the community we've encountered on twitter is nothing short of remarkable the the positivity the generosity the the collegiality the sense of community uh of the rpgers on twitter it's it's it it gives one if not faith then at least a little bit of hope once again for humanity and and brad and i consistently are finding the same thing with the people we're talking to for our interviews and 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 i'm using that plural again because as we as we record this, as this episode drops, um, we've already interviewed a bunch of these people. We're already working on the next Blitz of Five. So big things are coming for Dice in Mind. I think, Brad, you put it beautifully and perfectly that we are increasingly talking to people who are putting a dent in the RPG universe. These are creatives, many of whom, almost all of whom are involved in one way or another with the many games we love, yeah. some of them tangentially, or I should say adjacently, and some of them right in the center. And you guys heard that right. So stay tuned because in the coming months, and we mean that in the coming months, mm -hmm. we have some really cool interviews to bring you. And then, then after each group of five, we're gonna take a pause we're going to look back. We're going to do our thing. We're going to have a little fun. And at the point where we decide we don't want to talk to people anymore, we'll do something else. Well, and you might you might see an episode, you know, like like we've talked about today. We're still working on Star Trek. Yep. So you'll you might see that pop up. There's so much going on. But if you know, you're going to hear more interviews and it and it's nothing, you know, selfish or narcissistic on our no. part. We are just finding such creative people and then yes. i'm going to leave i'll leave it because i want to ask you a question before we wrap up 42 um okay thank you yeah. um is that um i've i have 
been in discussion realms going back to the 90s. And there are always one or two or a group of people that just want to stir the pot. Um, you know, back in the day, this is not indicative of of D, but this was a term that was used don't feed the trolls the people that create the negativity not that there's anything wrong with wrong. trolls as yes. a species yes i want to make sure that we're clear on that no no because no, they just got done talking about that but when you go out and and you know we follow a lot of people on twitter and we read i mean both of you and i independently you'll be able to tell the difference between who's posting because the ones that are eloquent and well written are jason and the ones that look like um they just had 14 diet cokes are mine um but decaf brand decaf yeah, yeah I, well, and yeah decaf um, i don't even know what that means um but you can i have yet and again i know that they all exist somewhere but I have yet to get into down any rabbit holes in Twitter discussions in this in the tabletop not, RPG not family. Not in that community, and and you can and people have you can tell people are being being cautious about. And they're and they're, they're being, being cautious, and they're being respectful, and they're being welcoming. Yep. They want more people involved in this. But but let's it, just let's be honest at the at the risk of ostracizing anyone, it's an exceptionally open, progressive. Welcoming community, so I suspect there's not that much diversity of political thought, but there's probably some, and no one's putting anyone down. Well, and I'm not even talking politics. I'm just talking about, you know, what's your favorite game? How would you play this? I'm talking even within the realm of how gaming works. I mean, obviously, from a yeah. political perspective, we purposefully, one, we don't need to talk about that here. I think it's oh. pretty clear, kind of where we not sit our thing. on things. Not our purpose for the podcast. No. Yep. Two. We don't follow that type of stuff on Twitter. We purposely don't. We focus our Twitter within the gaming community. But so by doing that, we've eliminated a lot of noise. And we yes. see a lot of people and we so we actually yes, see well I think a more pure look at this community and this group of people inclusive um you know whoever however you know whatever you feel like you want to, how you identify and how you believe in what you believe. So um, kudos to all of you and thank you for allowing us in. Um, yes, yes, yes. And so on. Now, let me ask a question before we wrap up. I have not because of because of all sorts of business going on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> had a lot going on to be able to read. Yeah. But you've posted a yeah, picture. I of okay. a book and I wanted to make times, sure a couple times yeah yeah I wanted to make sure we bring that up before we wrap up I wanted yeah. you to talk about that briefly on my desk right now in my hand right now is this beautiful book uh <clears throat> I really appreciate uh what Keith Amon has written and we'll put a we'll put a link in the show notes um he is best known for his blog and then his book the monsters know what they're doing uh, he also wrote Live to Tell the Tale, and it's a player's guide for these are, I'm sorry, these are D&D books, right? Uh, and I especially like that one. Well, I've been watching for months as his third book, More Monsters Know What They're Doing, was coming out. And this is, um, this is then the 600-page follow-up that looks at tactics to use as a GM with the monsters in um, Volos and Mordekainen's guides, uh, D&D &D 5e, and then um, also 
some of the monsters, quote unquote, he missed from the original monster manual. Um, he's just, he's a, he's a lovely writer. He makes this stuff fun. Uh, it's a bit of a tome. It always has just the most wonderful artwork. Um, just fun and funny. Anyways, uh, as I've been posting on Twitter, uh, as, as we record this, not as you hear this, uh, I, you were, you were looking for this book. I've been waiting for this book for a while. Yeah. You know, it's look, there's a pandemic in case you didn't know. And there have been well-documented supply chain issues with all kinds of goods, especially things like books. And um, I, I'm fairly certain that's what happened with this because the date got pushed back. The bookstore still, still don't have it. I reached out to my friendly local game store, um, they can get it, but they don't have it. And if they don't have it, it's not out there yet. Um, the the couple Barnes and Nobles near me, um, they don't have it. They had have one on order. Uh, <clears throat> then I saw that Amazon suddenly had it in stock, and I I gave in. I try not to get all of my books through Amazon, but I gave in because I could not get a physical copy anywhere anytime soon. And uh, I'm glad I did. I've just, you know, you were saying you were busy. I, I've, I've, well, past couple of weeks have been busy. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm through the preface. Uh, tonight, I'll read a bit, and then um, I, I will get into this. And so, I'm sure I'll share an update. But, you know, uh, Keith, I've read his first book. You. It's yes, it's outstanding. You, you love, it. yeah. So, Keith, good mm -hmm. on you. These are just, uh, I mean, someone who can make a stat block from D and D fun man that that you want to read that so this is just good healthy funny nerdery all for it so with that since since like you said brad you haven't you haven't had time to read much or and we haven't played much um we're gonna call it there we will see you next week and for in fact the next five weeks for some fun funny fascinating interviews with people who are making dents in the tabletop RPG universe and beyond, as you said, Brad. So with that, as always, especially these days, be well, stay well. We will see you next week. Mm -hmm.